Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Table Talk. Um, thank you so much for joining me, you guys, on Instagram Live. And if you guys are hearing us on Spotify or uh, YouTube, again, I am on Instagram Live. So as I said last week, I am not talking to one of my 10 personalities. That's not me. I'm just listening or I'm just talking to people on Instagram Live as comments are coming in. So yeah, if you guys want to check this out, uh, you guys can play it back on my Instagram. If you're listening to this on Spotify, the Instagram is at Tuesday Table Talk. Um, that is the official uh, Instagram for this podcast. And then um, it'll be, again, you can find it on YouTube or um, Spotify as well. That's the first announcement. Got a couple announcements and then we're just going to hop right into it. But I teased this idea um, a couple weeks ago or when I first when I first started um, and even again the last couple weeks talking about doing lives with others um, because again um, so many people have wisdom and I love picking people's brains and talking about different topics and just yeah again just picking people's brains and listening to their wisdom so um, the plan is that at the end of March uh, end of this month I'll probably start that I'll probably have some people um, coming through um, talking about different things, it won't just be, it won't just be, um, a set topic. It'll just be kind of like a live and I'll just be having a couple questions. We'll just be chopping it up and you guys will just be joining in. So that'll be the plan at the end of March. Um, there will be, I'll probably be every other episode, to be honest. The plan is that I'll be talking, um, because there's a lot of different things, um, that I still have yet to even write out or plan when it comes to uh episode ideas or things to talk about i just write down topics as they come to me and there's a lot when i say there's like probably over like 20 something 30 almost 30 something topics so that's about about half a year's worth if i'm doing it every other week um years worth of stuff a half a year's worth of stuff um that i can do on that alone plus lives that'll probably take up um some more time but yeah anyway i'm rambling that's the plan um so yeah talking about tonight normally i'm on every other week but because i love y'all so much i'm on here two weeks in a row um because when i tossed out the idea of what topic i wanted me to speak on y'all were no help all right i'm kidding all right don't, don't, i'm just joking around but everybody uh, voted and it was 50-50. So I spoke last week um, and then I'm hopping on here again this week speaking. But after tonight, it'll probably go back to the regular schedule. Um, unless something happens, unless something crazy happens and I feel like I need to just hop on here another week and just y'all could just hear me talk. But the plan is to be back to every other week um, just because, again, that gives me a chance to um, give you guys all of me in terms of everything I'm planning on writing and not just trying to smush in everything and try to get everything done because it's a deadline, so to speak. Um, and it allows, um, also for me to give God the time that he deserves and what he wants to speak and develop and input into my life. So that way I can speak into you guys. Cause everything I say is first been digested, um, and deposited. That's a better word deposited and digested but first deposit it into me and I've had time to reflect on it and think about it. And he's still working these things in me. So it's not just a one and done thing. Don't just think, Oh, I've graduated and I know what I'm talking about. Cause again, um, have no idea what I'm talking about. I just be on here. Um, just talking, but anyway, 
Um, so yeah, I'll go back to every other week. Um, just gives me the time, gives God the time um, to just plan everything out. And then one last thing, and then we'll get started. Um, future topics. I'm here to talk about anything. Here to talk about. I don't just want it to be. Um, usually, again, I just talk about different things that God is revealing to me. Um, but if you guys have any topics or anything, it could be one word. It could be trust. It could be faith. It could be um, doubt. It could be anything. Just one word. Even if it's not one word, um, anything you guys are thinking about, um, just DM me or you can even um, put it in the chat um, and I'll probably... Actually, no. No, a better option is to just shoot me a direct message because I'll say I'll, I'll view it and I'll see it in the chat. But once I start talking... I don't see nothing, to be honest. I just start talking. What's up, Dej? I just saw Dej pop in here. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any future topics or anything that you want me to talk about, search up. I don't know. And maybe even if you have a direct topic y'all want to talk about, um, y'all could pop in on, on a live too, and that can be just a thing that we just chop up. Um, so yeah, that is all my I guess announcements. I feel like a real radio host when I start giving out announcements and topics and everything else. But tonight, um, if you weren't in here a little bit earlier, um, the topic tonight or the sermon title tonight slash podcast title, however you want to chop it up, talk about it. It is renaming your place of pain. Um, now I kind of have to give, um, a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, warning, I guess, or um, not sure exactly what the word for, but uh, Stephen Furtick of Elevation Church actually preached a very similar message. And actually that's where I've gotten most um, of my notes from, to be honest. But his, his um, sermon title was called uh, Favor Over Fear. But um, I wanted to talk about tonight on the basis of renaming your place of pain, because um, as I said before, I don't get on here and just talk about anything. I talk about things that are really relevant to me, things that have um, God has been dealing with me in. So when it comes to renaming my place of pain or my places of pain, um, this is something God really has been dealing with me with. And it became very practical for me. Um, disclaimer. That's the word. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that is the word I was looking for. Disclaimer. Um, so, Yeah. He preached a very similar message um, called Favor Over Fear. Uh, if you haven't heard it, go back and watch it. Phenomenal uh, message. But yeah, that's where, a lot, where I'm getting this context and stuff from. But yeah, let's hop right into it. So again, if y'all know me by now, y'all know I just don't hop into anything and just talk because I like to give background. I think background is very important. Um, and you can't just assume that everybody knows the Bible. Everybody knows um, stories or the context or the setting of where everything is coming from. So that's where I like to start. And today I'll be talking about Jacob overall, Jake. Well, I won't say Jacob. I will say I'll be talking about Jacob and his family. That's where I'll start from. But Jacob, um, this story, I'll be talking about his, his wife, specifically Rachel, but the story of him and his complicated family history, when it comes to his wives, and children, and I say wives, just give me a second, I'll break it all down. But um, when it comes to his wives and children, you could find it starting in Genesis 29. Um, now, he had a very complicated history even before that. 
Um, if you go before that, it started with Jacob and Esau, um, his brother Esau, for those who don't know that, um, Jacob has just gotten done again, fast forwarding because I'm trying to shorten everything down, but he has just gotten done basically tricking his father, his blind father into giving, um, him the birthright instead of his older brother. Again, long story, um, do your Bible research, um, because I ain't got time to explain it. Nah, just because again, it's, it's a long family history and all that sort of thing. But yeah, so, um, he has stolen his brother's birthright. He's running away. He's doing all these different things. He goes into, um, his uncle's business or whatever. He, he, he joins his uncle and, um, he, he basically sees his uncle's daughter, which again, Bible is a weird thing. Sometimes I, I don't really understand it all. It'd just be a little weird, but yeah, so he, he's, he's working with his uncle and he sees his cousin. I mean, let's call it what it was. He, he sees his cousin and he's like, his cousin is attractive. Um, I want to marry her. And Laban says, all right, cool. Like, um, I'll, I'll let you marry her if you work for me for, uh, seven years. Or he basically says like, name your price, whatever. He's like, I'll work for you for seven years. Deal, deal. So seven years gets done. He's on his wedding night. Um, he basically does the thing on wedding night. Well, wedding people, well, married people do on wedding night and he wakes up and he realizes that it is not Rachel in his bed. It is his older, it is her older sister, Leah. And as you can imagine, um, I don't know if y'all watch the show catfish, but that is literally the craziest catfishing story that'll probably ever be written. I don't know if that can ever be topped. Um, so yeah, he's, he's furious. He goes out and he says, yo, bro, what's good fam. I thought we had a deal and yeah, what's, what's just, just what's good. And he says, well, you know, I, I, I gave Leah because the custom is not to give the younger daughter first. It's to give the older daughter first. And the Bible says that Rachel was very beautiful and Leah, I won't say she was ugly. Listen, y'all can make your own conclusions from that. But, um, the Bible does say, I guess that she wasn't very attractive or not as attractive as Rachel. I really don't know. The Bible would just be a weird place sometimes. But anyway, um, that's why I love reading it. I'm telling you, it's better than some of these reality TV shows we'd be watching. Read the Bible. It just be having some crazy stuff in there. But anyway, um, I digress. And so, um, he basically comes back to Laban, his uncle Laban and says, all right, bro, like I really want Rachel though. Like, what are we going to do for it? And so, uh, Laban says, all right, well, you have to work for another seven years. He's like, I bet. Like, I, I do what I got to do because I really wanted um, Rachel to begin with. So, he works another seven years and he gets um, Rachel and Leah. He gets a two-for-one deal, I guess, in a weird type of sense, whatever you want to say. But, so, after that... Their two wives, so he has Rachel and Leah, his two wives, and they have servants. And as the Bible puts it, because again, I'm trying to speed up this whole complicated family history, but also give y'all enough um, so you have some background context and I'm not just talking. But um, the Bible says that, that uh, 
Rachel or that Jacob really looked upon Rachel and really desired her and really was kind of putting off Leah. Um, so what God did was that he shut the womb of Rachel, not allowing her to have any kids for, for the time being. And he allowed Rachel to be fruitful and having kids. Um, so, uh, Leah's popping out a few kids. Um, I don't know. I think it's like five or six again. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot. So I think she has like five or six boys, something like that. Now, Rachel sees, all right, I'm not having kids. So back and especially in those days, it was basically if you did not give your husband kids, it was like there was something wrong with you or it was not an honor. It was not very honorable to not give your husband kids and especially boys like boys were like the treasure. Um, so a lot of times if you're reading the Bible and they're like, why don't they talk about the women? It was just a very cultural thing that um, the men, it was just very honorable to have men um, and boys. So, uh, Rachel says, you know what? I'm not having any kids. So the best thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give my, my servant, my maid, um, to my husband. And that way he can sleep with her and he can have kids through her. And it'll kind of be like I had kids and I don't know what kind of be going into these people's thinking when they be doing stuff. Again, we kind of see the same thing with Abraham and Sarah. She kind of did the same thing of just like, all right, well, I ain't having any kids. So I'm, I don't know. That'd be some weird stuff. Couldn't be me. Um, so he ends up giving, or sorry, Rachel ends up giving her servant. So she has, she has a few kids or he has a few kids by her. And then Leah stops having kids. So what Leah does is she gets the bright idea and says, all right, well, I'm going to give you my servant. So, you know, you can go have kids. So at this point, it's really a four for one deal. Listen, it's a weird thing. I don't know I, if that's, if that's the type of thing. I really don't know. Again, Bible, weird place. Anyway. Um, so yeah, eventually long story short, Rachel has a few kids. She has two boys. Um, so we see here in Genesis, I'm actually talking about, oh, excuse me. I almost forgot this, but I'm gonna back up for a little bit. And I wanted to clarify a few things is that, like I said, back in, back in that day, that culture, they had multiple, uh, men usually had multiple wives or some multiple women. Um, now a lot of people may get the idea that, all right, cool. Like that was something God was cool with. God, God allowed, God didn't see a problem with it and eh, wrong. Um, God's original plan was for one husband and one wife to be together. Um, and just because God allows something doesn't mean that he agrees with it. And a lot of times, uh, we see it now is that, um, a lot of things are allowed. A lot of things are being done, but it doesn't mean they got a, got a originally, or, um, that was the original plan or that he approves of it now. Um, so again, his plan was for one wife, um, and one husband to be together, have kids, do all that sort of thing. But man's history is that they always find a way around things. They always find a way to twist things. So, um, again, their solution was to have other wives do other things, however the case is. So I want to look at Genesis 35, uh, 16 through 18, again, setting, um, setting the setting, um, is that here we see Rachel or the family is traveling now. They're on their way to Bethel or they're on their way. I'm sorry. They're on their way to, um, Ephraim or Ephraim, or I'm so terrible with, with, with country names. I'll probably butcher that whole thing, but anyway, um, they're leaving Bethel. There we go. I'm finally on page. They are leaving Bethel and they're on the way to another place. And this is where, uh, Rachel goes into labor. 
So I'm going to pick it up here at Genesis 35, um, 16 through 18, and then we'll talk about it like always. But it says, leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved on towards Ephrath. That is the name. I just totally remember that. That is Ephrath. I totally practiced this name before I got on here like five or six times so I wouldn't butcher it and make a fool of myself on this thing. And I ended up doing that anyway. But it's Ephrath. That's what it is. I'm so hyped about that. I just remembered. Uh, leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved on toward Ephrath. But Rachel went into labor labor, um, while they were still some distance away. Her labor pains were intense. After a hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, Don't be afraid. You have another son. Rachel was about to die, but with her fast breath, she named the baby uh, Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, uh, which is Jacob, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. So again, we're talking about um, renaming your place of pain. And you see here in, in, in scripture that uh, Rachel has a son, uh, Benjamin. Now the name is Benjamin, but she named him Benoni. And I want to recap that, that the label that she gave him was Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. Um, but Jacob had a different label for him. He said uh, Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So we see here that Rachel's label came from the pain she experienced rather than Jacob's label, which came from what was birthed out of the pain, not exactly what he had to bury. And that had to be a tough thing for him. Um, having his wife die from giving birth and he had to bury his wife there, but he chose not to label, um, his son by what, what he lost. He, he really, um, chose to label his son by what was birthed or with the blessing that came out of what was the tragedy, I guess, or the, the pain that was caused. So I want to talk, or I want to read Genesis 35, go to the next two verses, 19 and 20. Um, so again, it says that Rachel died there and she was buried on to way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave, and it can be seen there to this day. So the point is this, is there are some things in our lives we've had to bury, um, especially uh, this past year. Maybe we've had to bury close family members. Maybe we've had to um, bury um, broken relationships, our plans, our expectations, how crazy the past two um, years have been. I know 21 has been... 2021 has been a rough start for a lot of people. Um, so there's there's some things in our lives that we had to bury. But I want to make a point here is that uh, I like how the Bible includes, because um, again, this is in Genesis. This is the very beginning. So he says here that the place that Rachel was buried was Ephrath, and that is Bethlehem. Now, I don't know if that name kind of strikes uh, familiarity with some people, but uh, Bethlehem is also the place that Jesus was born. It's crazy how where one thing dies, another place was born. So, stick with me. The question is, do we remember Bethlehem better by what died there, what was born? I know when I was reading the scripture um, and when uh, Pastor Stephen was talking about it, and he originally brought this up, is that when he highlighted that this place was also Bethlehem. I was like, dang, I didn't even like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even know that. And this is back all the way in the beginning. And I think God was really setting it up there as, as a word, as something that could be, um, pulled from, from, from that place or something that could be pulled from this passage of scripture when we look upon it. But, um, I did not even realize that, that that was the same place. 
So again, the question is, do we remember Bethlehem better by what died there or what was born? And the simple question is, we remember by what was born there, by what was born there. So the next question here I have for you guys is, um, what are you going to label the places of pain? What are you going to label the places that you've had to bury some things? Are you going to determine, um, determine it by what was buried there? What died there? Are you going to label it or, um, see what was birthed out of that experience or what God is going to do. And I know sometimes, or some of us might be in the midst of that. So it's hard to see what is really God is doing or what is going to come out of that. But I promise if you stick with God, if you stick with the things, um, beautiful things can be birthed out of, out of terrible places. Um, so the next point I have here is don't miss your blessing. The temptation is, is always to identify with what we lost and our places of pain. What you see is not all there is to be seen. So again, um, I think it's up to us. What are we going to label our pace, our places of pain? We can label it by what died there or what we can see um, the opportunity for new birth. We can see the opportunity for new things to unfold. So I want to hop over um, actually to Luke 134 and speaking about um, the connection of Bethlehem and how it ties together Rachel and it also ties together Jesus. I want to talk about Jesus' Jesus's mother. I want to go to Luke 134 and I'm going to read that and I'm going to have a few thoughts on that as well. And it says here um, that Mary asked, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And of course, um, if you're unfamiliar with this story, uh, that's really where the angel showed up and he told of the plans that God had for Mary saying that, um, you know, you're going to be the mother of Jesus, all these different things. And she's like, well, how can this happen? Um, I'm a virgin, all these different things. Um, and again, we, there, we face a temptation to replace the event with identity. So in that passage of scripture, maybe it's not virgin, but replace the virgin with anything. Um, for me, myself, I've getting personal here is that I've had temptations to where I've had failed relationships in the past. So, um, or broken relationships, um, when it comes to romantic relationships, when it comes romantically, blah, 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 if I can talk clearly. Okay. Resetting. So the automatically the, um, the temptation is to replace the events of broken relationships or the events of, of failed relationships and put that on myself. So the, the, the assumption or the temptation is to say, how can this happen since I'm a virgin or since, since I'm a failure, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, but how can that happen since I'm a failure? Again, our temp the temptation is to replace the the event with um, our identity. So we automatically assume that because we failed at different things, that means we're a failure. Or because we've um, missed out on a couple opportunities, that we're always going to be someone who, who who misses things. So we're always taught we're, we're back on this central point of renaming our place of pain. Mary saw it by her experience. But God saw it by what he was doing in and through her. So this point here is name your season and your places according to what God is bringing out of it. And again, if you're in the midst of it or you're just getting out of it, that can be a hard thing to do. Um, but we have to believe that God is birthing because we, we've seen it over again in history time and time again where he's birthed beautiful things out of broken places. So... Um, 
I'm kind of at the end of my message here or um, the podcast is short. Um, not really a lot uh, to cover. I hope it was good or at least um, a few things out of it. I know it was a little short tonight, but I wanted to talk about as we wrap up here, um, talking about renaming your place of pain. And I talked about this last week about how I have some things written down um, for me because I'm a very visual person, number one. Um, and two is that I believe that writing things out, um, you can remember things. So being that things are the things that I talk about are very personal to me. And I talk about renaming a place of pain is something that I literally had to do for myself. Um, practical. So I went back to, I literally drove to a place, um, about two months ago. A place where there was a lot of hurtful memories, a place where there was a lot of crying, a lot of tears shed. And um, God really gave me the idea of that. And kind of this this um, this powerful moment, I guess, of reclaiming that place or reclaiming what was lost or, again, renaming the place of pain. That's the idea. So when I went there, I wrote down all the emotions and everything that I was facing. And if you guys, I literally have it here, if you guys want it. Um, to copy that idea, you guys are more than welcome to do that. But I wrote down some emotions that I was feeling, um, as I went there and I said, pain, loss, frustration, mourning, damage, ruin, grief, slash, uh, guilt. There's just some, some emotions that some raw emotions that came thinking about the situation and thinking about the place. Right. So again, I'm talking about renaming my place of pain. So for each one, um, I wrote down, that was on the left-hand side, I wrote down all those emotions. Now on the right-hand side, I wrote down all these different things, renaming my place of pain. Um, and there, I went there and I literally played like worship music and I, I prayed over the place and I, I thank God um, that things didn't go a lot worse than what they could have been. So for pain, I said purpose and peace because that night I felt God's peace there. And I, and out of that, out of that event or out of that thing, he he's revealed his purpose, which is crazy how we don't see in, in the moment. Um, pain can reveal purpose, but anyway, um, for loss, I put love cause that's where I felt God's love. And that's lessons because that's where I've learned lessons that will um, impact my future from now on out of frustration. I said, fruit, I said forgiveness because that's where I've had to forgive myself and I forgave um, people that were involved in the hurt that, that happened there. Um, and I said favor. For mourning, I said mercy. For damage, I said destiny. Uh, for ruin, I said restoration. And for grief slash guilt, uh, I said goodness and grace. And um, I saw this quote um, a while ago, but it was really confirmation because I saw it again today. Um, actually my fr friend Dage, she, um, she posted it on her story, but the quote is called, um, or the quote says, go laugh in the places you've cried. And that was literally what I did that night. It was, <laughs> I've had, uh, moments where I've cried in that place moments where as again, frustration, moments of pain, moments of loss, moments of so many different things. And I went there and I, I went there and laughed. I went there and I, I listened to worship music. I, I went there and I prayed and I said, um, God, thank you for, um, delivering me from that situation. Thank you for, for not ending up as worse as it could have been. But I wanted to end on this note. 
is that for you guys, maybe it is a physical place. Maybe you guys physically need to go do that. Maybe you need to rename your place of pain, but maybe it's a spiritual uh, pain for you guys. Maybe it's a mental uh, place for you guys or mental pain, or maybe it's an emotional pain. Um, go back and rename those places. Um, God is going to birth beautiful things out of pain. He, he, he's done it since the beginning of time and he always will do that. Um, the best example is Jesus going on the cross. Uh, the pain that was that he had to endure um, was more than we could ever imagine. But birthed out of that was the fact that we get to spend eternity with him. He gets to, um, he, he made our relationships right with the, with him. And through Jesus, we can come and spend eternity with God. So again, for, for me, it was a physical place. I guess it was all the above, to be honest. It was a physical place, emotional place, mental place, spiritual place. But physically, I had to go there. That was the thing that God called me to do was to go there and to rename or to take back what the enemy has stolen from me or take back um, that place of pain and saying, no, that's not going to be what this is here. Out of this, out of this place of pain, out of this is purpose, peace, love, lessons, uh, fruit, forgiveness, favor, mercy, destiny, uh, restoration, goodness, and grace. I see all those things evident um, throughout from that situation, from that event, from that place. So again, um, that's kind of where I just want to wrap up. But I want to challenge you guys, I guess, it's more of a challenge to look back and if it's a physical place, go there. If it's a mental place, a lot of some, there's some places, and I really feel this strongly is that there's some places mentally and emotionally that we have kind of detached from, or we've tried to detach from that we've kind of put off, um, go back and revisit those places. I know they're painful, but it's necessary healing. The healing that came from renaming, um, that place, like that physical place, um, the healing and the freedom that came from it. I cannot tell you enough i cannot tell you enough or talk about it enough um the freedom and the healing that i felt coming out of that place um once i decided to go back and rename it so if it's an emotional place if it's a mental place um if it's a spiritual place go back and revisit that go back and rename it go back and take um territory take back the, t the territory the enemy has um and saying that this is, is always um going to be a place of pain this is going to be your destiny this is who you are um, I, re I refuse to believe those different things. So this is something that God has been teaching me in, 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 in this season is to be more bold and really access the, the authority, access the power, access the anointing that I have through him. Um, so really I have no time to be playing games, to be honest. I I've just been like, listen, enemy, you telling me this nah, fam, that ain't going to fly. I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, and going from there. So that's really all I got. Like I said. Um, I thank you guys so much for tuning in to tonight. I know this was kind of shorter. Maybe it was good that it was shorter. I usually go a little bit longer. But again, thank you guys for tuning in. I just wanted to say, again, if you guys have any ideas or any things that you guys want to talk about, um, let me know. Shoot me a DM. Um, I love to talk about different things. And the plan is, for those who are joining on a little bit later, the plan is to have uh, different lives um, with, with people. Um just chopping it up, talking about wisdom um, and talk about the things that are going on in their lives. So that is a wrap for this episode of Tuesday Table Talk. Um, again, going back to the regular schedule. So um, not next week, but the week after that, unless something crazy happens, um, I'll, I won't, I'll be on two weeks from now. That is the plan. Anyway, 
I love y'all. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate y'all. And um, good night.